0: Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, Nicole here. Very snowy day in Boulder while I interviewed a Rip Esselstyn. Amazing, amazing guy. Today's episode obviously features Rip. He is a man of many talents. I first knew Rip or knew about Rip as an incredibly talented pro triathlete who raced against my husband, Tim, in the mid nineties. Um, he was a very talented swimmer, by the way, one of the best in our sport. After his triathlon career, he became a firefighter in Austin, Texas. And it was there that he founded the Engine 2 Empire, which if you read his book, you'll get more details on this, but like many businesses started on a dare. Um, basically three firefighters were having a macho bet where they were kind of, going around saying, I I think my cholesterol is lower than your cholesterol, kind of a funny bet. Um, And Rip said, well, let's go find out. So that little whose cholesterol is the lowest contest turned into a new passion for Rip and helped him start a healthy eating uh, philosophy and program. He named Engine 2, which is named after his Austin firefighting unit. So, Engine 2 has become a massive movement in the power, uh, plant powered arena. And when you start walking around Whole Foods, you're going to notice his products because they're putting a huge amount of money and time into helping him create new, awesome, healthy foods. Uh, Rip now is a New York Times bestselling author. His Engine 2 products are obviously in Whole Foods stores across the country. I love his plant burgers, his hummus. I love his cereals. I've tried a lot of stuff. They make great food. Um, He's also very big into, he's got a passion for documentary filmmaking, and he's doing a really cool film right now where he's an executive producer with some very famous and powerful people. You're going to hear about that. Um, He also puts on inspiring educational food events around the country, and he is probably just playing one of the coolest, most grounded people you'll ever meet. He, uh, he's married with an eight, six, and two-year-old, and he's 52, by the way, and he's, he's doing it. He still swims every day. Uh, he's just one of those people who is truly changing the world. I can't wait to share his outlook with you. He recently stayed with us and had immediate, immediate cred with the four-year-old crowd. He showed up wearing vans that had the Jungle Book on them. How cool is that? So uh, in today's episode, you are going to learn so much about how to become heart attack proof, all kinds of science-y stuff, um, how to do the 28-Day Engine 2 Challenge. You're going to love this part, how to naturally avoid erectile dysfunction. He says the word penis. I'm not kidding. It's awesome. Um, You're going to learn about his documentary film and some of his cool events that he's doing at twoforksevents.com. So, he is just an awesome guy. I highly encourage you to look him up to watch his TEDx talk. He's got almost 600,000 views. This guy is truly living his passion, and I just can't wait to share his story with you today. All right, everyone. Here's Rip. Hello, Rip. Thank you for joining me today.
1: You bet, Nicole. Hi.
0: Um, I had a little glimpse when we were on video of where you're sitting right now. It looked like a storage closet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this this is my 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 office uh, at, at Whole Foods. Uh, I've moved around quite a bit as far as my offices, and now I'm I'm on the second floor of a six floor office kind of building, and um, I'm right a- right across from the men's bathroom. <laughs> um, so but-
0: wait, are we going to hear any noises today?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know the the i the good and the bad thing about being right across from the men's room is that i get a lot of people like stopping in and visiting so if we if the door opens and somebody visits i'll tell them i'm in the middle of an interview
0: <laughs> and you can say please wash your hands yes <laughs> <laughs> um well as we know we're going to get into part of the amazing engine 2 diet is that it does help make your digestive system a little more regular <laughs>
1: You know what? It really, it really does. It uh, it has all kinds of uh, profound consequences that uh, that don't end with your rear end.
0: <laughs> I love that. Okay, so really quick. So today yep. we were both late. Um, I was late because we have a foot of snow just came on last night, and Tim was out shoveling and getting the car ready so he could take Wilder to school. And I wanted to make my second coffee of the day, which I almost feel guilty admitting to you. Yeah. Um, but I'm drinking it black, which is, you know, a big part of the program here, yeah. cutting out dairy. We'll get to that eventually. But why were you late?
1: Oh, I was, <laughs> I was late because we kind of had a rough night last night. You know, we've got a, we've got a two-year-old and uh, a six and an eight-year-old and we've got two dogs. One of the dogs is uh, almost 15 years old. And, uh, so we were up several times last night and my wife asked me if she could sleep in. So I was with the kids and I didn't leave to come into the office until like nine, 10. Um, Ooh. so that's why I'm late.
0: <laughs> so is that how you normally start your days?
1: No, normally I start my day. Uh, I get up about six forty-five. I head into swim practice. Uh, I've been part of this master's program. It's the rolling wood master's swim program since 1988. I think it's one of the reasons why I've been able to continue swimming is the water is like 83 degrees. It's outdoors. It's very low key. And yet, you know, you you can go as hard or easy as you want. And, um, anyway, that's usually Monday through Friday, how I, how I start my day.
0: So, okay. So you grew up a swimmer, which I know, but I don't know if everybody else does because you're well known for other things now in your life. Yeah. And, um, but you grew up on the East Coast, right?
1: Yep. Grew up in Cleveland, Ohio.
0: Oh, I have friends from Shaker.
1: Yes. Well, I grew up not too far from Shaker, probably three miles from Shaker.
0: Oh, wow. Cool. So, you know, obviously the Midwest produced such amazing swimmers, as we know, but your whole family was a swimming family, right?
1: Whole, whole family. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, so let me think. My my brother Ted was like one of the best swim, high school swimmers in the country, uh, right up there with like Luke Rodenbaugh. My sister Jane is a sophomore. Won Ohio State's in the in the backstroke. My brother Zeb won the Ohio State's in the butterfly. I think as a junior and senior. And I was a late bloomer, but yes, all of all of our family were were big swimmers.
0: Do you think like, having that swimming background has influenced what you're doing today?
1: A- absolutely. I think that the, uh, the 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 work ethic, the, you know, whether it's good or bad, the never give up, you know, kind of mentality, um, you know, pushing yourself pretty darn hard. Uh, I, I attribute all that to swimming and then subsequently to to Tetraflons.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I think the whole swimming thing because we all—I grew up swimming too in Chicagoland, another Midwest, yeah, you know, kid. And um, it's really boring. Swimming's like boring, except when you touch the wall, then you can talk to your friends. But you learn how to like suffer in a way <laughs> where you know there's a reward at the end, right?
1: Yeah, no, you do learn how to suffer. I think you know you have you have you spend so much time staring at that black line at the bottom of the pool that you know it'd be interesting to keep a journal of what your mind thinks during a two-hour you know swim practice, and all the different places that it goes. But yeah, you do learn how to uh, suffer pretty intensely as a swimmer and triathlete.
0: (laughs) So okay, triathlon. So I let me just back up for a minute. I'm going to give everybody a little framework here. So. I knew kind of loosely who you were as a triathlete, because my husband raced against against you back in the day, um, and I knew that you were a phenom swimmer in our sport, and then, you know, life goes on, and one day, I was in Whole Foods about maybe three or four, I don't know, a few years ago, and I saw this Engine 2 thing, and I and it triggered something, like, I think I know that guy, and I looked at the box of cereal I was looking at, and sure enough, there's your picture, And I thought, whoa, Rip, former pro triathlete, is doing something really cool. He's got products in Whole Foods. He must be a bazillionaire (laughs) creating an empire. (laughs) So anyway, I I filed it away again because I thought someday I want to reach out to him because as a fellow entrepreneur, but also... You know, maybe there's something we can do together. And last year, I went through an entire year of what I called eating experimentation. And in October, and I chose October because it's the candy month, I decided to do more of a strict program. And I chose Engine 2. I read about it. I watched all your videos. I even watched your TED Talks. um, You know, and it was, it really drew me in. And I thought, okay, I'm gravitating naturally to a plant plant powered, you know, eating regimes. So I'm going to give this a go. And, um, and it was a really, really cool and fun experience. I think, um, what I really want to do is like, I want you to explain what engine two is, but I also kind of want to hear Like, I'm really curious, how'd you eat growing up? Were you steak and potatoes? Like what got you to this point in your life? So I don't know, wherever you want to take that and run with it, go for it, Rip.
1: Yeah. So, um, it's interesting. So I grew up, you know, my father was a surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic. My mother was a, uh, an English teacher at a, uh, at a private all girls school called Laurel in Shaker Heights. And we, we grew up as a family eating the standard American fare. I mean, we would do hamburgers and BLTs and spare ribs and filet mignon. And, uh, I mean, Ice cream. the The only I, I I tell people the only two things that my parents really never allowed in the house when we were growing up was white bread and soda pop. Those are the two things that we never were allowed to have uh, as as kids in our house. But um, other than that, we we did nothing that was extraordinary as far as our diets are concerned. Well, and then wait, that all changed. Rip. One
0: sec. One sec. Yeah. So I want to also remind everyone like this was a family of kids swimmers. The volume of food that you guys probably put away had to be crazy.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm sure it was, but, but back then I didn't really think about it. I mean, I can tell you as a, as a triathlete, that's when the volume of food really picked up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> you know? Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, but that all changed. Everything changed in 1984. I was actually off at the University of Texas at Austin, where I had I had uh, I had gone to go to go to college uh, on a swimming scholarship, and I had been there for about two years. And my father started uh, this research at the Cleveland Clinic to show that we, meaning human beings, we could actually metabolize away the plaque formations in our arteries just by doing something as simple yet profound as changing what we put in our in our mouths. And if we don't put in all the building blocks that basically promote plaque formations in our arteries like bacon and steak and eggs and milk and cheese and all the refined and processed foods, and if wait, we stay away- if Wait, we stay away, Rip,
0: the- you yeah. mean all the good stuff? <laughs>
1: You know what nicole it's it's all a matter of, <laughs> of perception all right uh, but if if we can basically um just say no right just say no to all these foods that you think are strong foods that you think are 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 good foods are tasty foods and that you're in love with them then and start introducing yourself exclusively to the wondrous miraculous uh foods that exist in and, and and nutrients and micronutrients that exist in fruits and, and vegetables and potatoes and squashes and uh and whole grains and beans and lentils and all these foods, then uh it's amazing how quickly the body can actually heal itself. And actually what my father was able to, to discover, actually metabolize away the plaque formations in your arteries that have been building up since the age of three, four, five, six. Um, and so we now know that the, the, the true way to treat heart disease, the number one killer of Americans, is not with a pill, it's not with a stent, it's not with a, a bypass procedure where you basically crack your chest in half and then take a vein from your leg and and bypass this. The the, the true way to get to the to the causation Uh, The root causation of this disease at a cellular and molecular level is by changing the foods that we eat. And my father's been doing this research now for over 30, geez, 33 years, and uh, he has got dozens and dozens and dozens of before and after angiographic evidence showing that this is the case. You can reverse this disease with food.
0: So, okay. I'm a full believer because I did the challenge and I went to a lab and got my blood work done right before and right after. And my numbers, especially in cholesterol, like improved dramatically to the point where what number would you say was it where you feel like you're heart attack proof?
1: Well, my father, my father has written in his book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, uh, that you basically get below 150 milligrams per deciliter on the total cholesterol um, and, or, uh, below 80 on the LDL, which is the lethal cholesterol. And you essentially have made yourself heart attack proof. Um, but now there, you know, there's a couple caveats there. One is this has to be done all naturally just through basically plant strong nutrition. You know, if you're taking a statin drug, uh, and and eating, you know, whatever, whatever the hell you want, if you're still eating bacon and eggs, but you're taking a statin drug and it makes your numbers look pretty, it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, in any way, shape, or form, that you are now heart attack proof. We now know that, you know, we have thousands of people that are on a, a gorilla's, gorilla dose of statin drugs that have beautiful numbers that are still eating whatever they want and they're dying of heart attacks all day long. So that's not the key. The key is to do it, do it naturally, do it the right way, and now you're truly uh, firming up uh, these, these kind of little gel plaques that are actually the major culprit uh, culprit of heart disease. These little gel plaques are like pimples on the inside of your arteries, and they basically they they break open like a zit, like a pimple. They they kind of they break open, right? It's
0: great visual.
1: I know. Isn't it just absolutely god awful? But they it's they disgusting. they pop, and now your body uh, it, it forms a blood clot there. To you know, there's an injury there, now it forms a blood clot, and now inadvertently, there's no blood flow down to the heart and that's how 92 percent of heart attacks happen with these little basically um, juvenile uh, let's just call them pimples on the inside of your arteries It's not caused by a 100 percent you know occlusion uh, these 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 plaques that you know have been building up and now there's no more blood flow what happens is that the body's miraculous and it builds these little corollary vessels around the major blockage so you know one of the things my father likes to say is that you know a lot of these surgeons they're they're doing these procedures on people that have you know 85 90 95% blockage in one of their major arteries and the reality is these are not going to be causing people heart attacks your body's already built these corollary vessels around this major blockage so i've kind of went off off track there a little bit but but um yeah
0: Well, you know, the point is that this isn't like a fad diet or something. I mean, this is medically based, um, really comes from your family, you know, basically being involved in the medical trade and you inheriting that interest. And I know there's more to the story and we'll get into it in a second. But, um, one of the, when I, when I decided I was going to do this, I contacted you and you were so nice to get back to me because you're so busy with a million things going on. Um, and I remember talking to you and you said something like your goal is for your blood to be so clean and your arteries to be so smooth that it's like they're like the blood just slipping through them or something like
1: that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so um, so what happens when you start eating this way – Let me let me backtrack for a sec. So we have you, Nicole, and myself, and just about everybody – we have about sixty-five thousand miles of vessels, of, of arteries, of capillaries, and veins that are coursing through our bodies, and the one-cell-layer-thick inner lining of all these sixty-five thousand miles of vessels is called the endothelium. The endothelium, and these, the, these, the endothelium is just filled with with. Millions and millions and millions and millions of endothelial cells and when you're when you're healthy uh, when you're young when you're you know like you know under 25 your endothelial cells are pumping out this magic gas called nitric oxide and nitric oxide is it keeps your blood like you just said it keeps your blood very very kind of clean Um, it keeps it thin uh, it keeps the that the inside layer of your vessels smooth like Teflon. But as you get older uh, and you start continuing to eat the standard American diet, and you know the ribs and the and the hamburgers and the milkshakes and the French fries and the bacon and the cheese and all that stuff, the all these foods they basically injure your endothelial cells and they 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 basically limit the endothelial cells' ability to produce nitric oxide. And so once that nitric oxide production goes down substantially, your blood, your blood starts to um, basically uh, become thicker, it's not nearly as clean, you instead of being like Teflon, the inside of your, your vessels become more like Velcro, and now you're much more susceptible for the kind of the LDL cholesterol to burrow down into your arteries and start plaque formations. So that's just kind of a, a rudimentary explanation of that
0: yeah and I get the whole velcro thing we work with velcro yeah, Teflon's yeah. much better mm-hmm. um okay, so when I decided to do this, the first thing I did was I went and bought your book okay so what so how many books have you written
1: so i well i I officially uh have written two uh the first was the engine Two diet, which is basically the super simple action plan where i you know I basically um I lay out two plans. One's the fire cadet, which is kind of more of an evolution to, uh, to tackling this plant-based lifestyle. And the second one is more of a revolution. And that's the the, the firefighter where from day one, you basically embrace all the tenets of this plant-strong plant lifestyle. So that's the first book. Uh, it's a 28-day plan. Uh, and then the second book is, I relaunched it recently under a new title called Plant Strong. And it is kind of the answer guide to any question that anybody could ever ask you about eating this this way. You know, where do you get your protein? Where do you get your calcium? What about iron? What about being an athlete and eating this way? Um, all these things. What does
0: eating this way mean?
1: Oh, eating. <laughs>
0: maybe you can take us through the challenge. I know it because I did it. Yeah. But maybe you can tell everyone, what does this mean?
1: Well, so uh, so I'll take you through... What do you want me to take them through, Nicole? Let's let's
0: pretend they're cadets.
1: Okay, so if you're a cadet, we're going to start off week one by weaning you off. We're going to first and foremost we're going to wean you off all dairy products, and so no animal byproducts. This means no milk, no cheese, no butter, no ice cream, no yogurt. All these foods basically contain uh, all the building blocks that promote disease. Whether it's the the dietary cholesterol, whether it's the unnecessary saturated fat, whether it's the problematic animal protein, especially in dairy. The the majority, eighty six percent of the protein in dairy products comes from casein, which is uh, a, an amazing carcinogenic. Um, it's a tumor, tumor and cancer promoter, initiator, and you have all all these people out there that are gobbling down these Greek yogurts because they're so enamored with the you know, zero fat, t- two times the protein, and they're falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. And now they're just continuing to fertilize their 100 trillion cells with this problematic, uh, basically, animal protein carcinogen. Um, so the first week, we're we're staying away from all dairy products. And then also, we're not doing processed and refined foods. So we're not doing, you know, Coca-Cola. We're not doing ding-dongs and donuts and – um and French fries, and, and, and any of that uh, processed, refined crap.
0: <laughs> so, Rip, one of the things when I did the program is the first week, dairy easy, like I can understand what dairy is, although eggs was sort of the question, like, can you still have eggs? Are eggs dairy or meat? But then um, it was refined and processed foods where I was like, this is a cr- – is it anything in a package? Or, you know, how do you define what refined and processed means?
1: Well, that's <clears> – <throat> That's a really good question, and uh, there's uh, there's there's some ambiguity there. But I would say we want to eat things uh, during during this 28 days that are as close to grown as possible. And if it's in a package or if it's in a box, we want to make sure that you know. I mean, beans, right? Beans are beans are fine, right? It's just it's just beans in a can, right? But we want to. One of the things that as you dig deeper into into what we're looking to do during the 28 days is you need to learn how to read labels. We're trying to limit the amount of salt, the amount of sodium, the amount of fat that's in our processed and re- that's in our packaged and canned uh, foods. But, you know, beans, um, you know, cereals. If we're going to do cereals, we want to, want to do oatmeal. We want to do cereals that are whole grains that aren't processed for fine grains. Uh, if we're doing burgers, we want to read the label. We want to make sure we, we can pronounce and we know what every ingredient is. And, just to toot, you know, toot the engine. Two products like Engine Two makes some amazing plant-strong burgers, and the first ingredient is brown rice. And you got oats, and then you got a, the bean, and then you got uh, you got tomatoes, and then different spices depending upon what uh, what flavor it is. But um, I would tell you that in in the Engine Two Diet book, there's a whole chapter on how to read a label, and if you can follow those guidelines with salt, sugar, and fat, and fiber. Then you'll know whether something you know deserves to be put in your grocery uh, grocery cart or if it needs to stay in the shelf.
0: Cool, got it. Yeah. Okay, so what's week two?
1: So week two, we continue with the no dairy and the no pro- no processed refined foods, and now we're also eliminating anything that um, anything that <clears throat> has a face uh, or eyes or came from. Uh, Came from uh, a chicken. So we're eliminating all red meat, all chicken, all fish, and all eggs. And uh, again, all all meat, all flesh, all muscle, just inherently, it, you know, what is a piece of meat? A piece of meat is basically, it's just fat and it's protein. And you don't have, you know, you, you basically have a, I like to say a weak protein. It's a weak protein that promotes inflammation in our bodies, that raises cholesterol levels, that's harsh on your kidneys and your liver. And also as a female in particular, uh, it's something that leaches calcium from your bones to buffer the acid load that's created from the acidic producing animal uh, uh, amino acids that are in animal protein. So that's what you have on the protein side. And then on the fat side, you've basically got trans fats and you've got a lot of saturated fats. Like even chicken, Nicole, a lot of people think that chicken is basically where it's at when it comes to a healthy, uh, I should say a heart-healthy uh, meat product. And the reality is that your leanest piece of chicken is still 30% saturated fat and chicken has the exact same amount of cholesterol as red meat uh, or most pieces of fish. So you just can't escape cholesterol fat and problematic, uh, animal protein. And then to boot, Nicole, what else do you have in here? You've got, you've got a, the accumulation of pesticides, you know, more than likely you've got, you know, steroids that have been fed to this animal. You've got, uh, antibiotics that are, that are, you know, that are in there. It's just, it's, it's, it's just not a good, a good place to, to venture, venture forth into if you really want to protect your health. And then, and then when it comes to eggs, you know, well, I can go into each one if you want.
0: <laughs> let's <laughs> let us let people read the book
1: <laughs> and then
0: get into it and buy the book and read the book. Um, and let's just move on to weeks three and four.
1: Okay, got it. So, all right. So, week three, we're continuing with no processed refined foods, with no dairy, and now we've eliminated all, all, all meat products. And to that, we're now adding no added oils. And this really is perplexing to a lot of people. Wait, what do you mean? I'm stopping. I'm not going to do any heart-healthy olive oil. I'm not going to do any brain-healthy coconut oil. And the answer is resoundingly, that's right. Yes, you're not going to be doing that. Oils, they are the most concentrated source of not only calories, but also malnutrition on the planet. One tablespoon of, let's just go with olive oil. One tablespoon of olive oil is 120 calories and it's 15% saturated fat. It takes 45 olives that you have to squeeze to basically get one tablespoon of olive oil. And there's no vitamins, minerals to speak of. There's no fiber, there's no water, there's no protein, there's no carbohydrates. It's just a big, basically glob of fat, and it's and it's and it's a black hole of nutritional nothingness. So, I want people <coughs> to get you're going to get all the fat you need this week, and you're just going to get it from the fat and the oils that are naturally occurring in your foods. So, most people don't know that you know, like garbanzo beans are 14% fat, uh, kale, broccoli, spinach, all these green leafy vegetables are on average. 8 to 11 percent fat. Your your oatmeal that you're gonna be eating in the morning is 16 percent fat. If you're gonna have soybeans or, or tofu or tempeh or any of these these great soy soy products in their naturally occurring state these are all about 40 percent fat. If you're gonna have um, an olive, right? Let's say you have uh, five or six olives sliced up on your salad. These olives are 90 percent fat. Uh, same thing with an avocado. If you have some avocado, if you have some some walnuts uh, all these things are are 80 or 90% fat. So you're going to be hitting it out of the park with your fats and your oils, but they're going to be coming from naturally occurring sources opposed to a process refined third class, weak source of problematic oil. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. And you know, um, I think it's just a education for a lot of people because we only know what we know from basically the media and what we grew up learning. And it's a constant re-education, and you know I, it's interesting. When I listened to one of your uh, talks, I think it was a TEDx talk you did that has over I don't know five hundred thousand views. I mean, you're getting the message out. It's really cool. One of the funny things you talked about was how your sex, like, there's this myth that eating meat makes you manly, right? And your sex drive will be low if you are plant eating a plant-powered, plant-based diet. And, uh, and you totally debunk that. So tell, <laughs> I got to go into it. You got to tell us about that part.
1: Is most of your audience men or women?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> yeah. no, you're right. So it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> well, we, we now know that the, the first sign, the first clinical sign of heart disease in men is an underperforming penis. And um, basically, it's erectile dysfunction somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 50 million american men are now taking a little blue pill like viagra or cialis or something like that to basically get it up right and you know that to me it's it, it's a crying shame because this is not a this is something that could be resolved in a much more kind of holistic way by people eating a more plant-strong diet And, uh, my sister Jane, who is a former, uh, sex teacher loves to say when you, when you're plant strong, you're also pant strong, but,
0: um, love that she's a former sex teacher. I don't even know what that
1: means. uh, She, she taught sex ed to sixth, seventh and eighth graders. Uh, and she's very, very dynamic, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, I I get people that they start men that that, that, actually even women, you know, I've got. I've got two different chapters in, in plant strong. One is, um, one is called, uh, well, it's real men. Uh, actually, let me see if I can remember what it is. It's, oh, I know what it is. So it's plants light up your love life men and plants light up your love life women. And just like men, you know, men can, can have a, a difficult time. Um, if they're eating the wrong foods, uh, women can too, when it comes to like, getting getting wet and getting excited. And you wouldn't believe some of these emails that we've gotten from men and women talking about how they've they start going plant strong and all of a sudden their sex life has just gone into overdrive. And this one, for example, <laughs> this one woman talked about how you know she's sixty three she's been married thirty years, and she said it's like every night is like their honeymoon again. It's just it was so fun to read. Oh, I
0: love yeah. that you're but, like but, you're helping people in ways you never knew you could
1: <laughs> That's absolutely right but here's the here's the thing getting back to to men is that so we you know we have we have these arteries all throughout our bodies. we have you know our carotid artery that goes up to our brain. we have the coronary arteries that go into our heart. Um, we have the femoral that go down into our legs and then we also have, um, the penile artery that goes through obviously into our penis and that, believe it or not, that artery is about one fifth the, the size, the, the, the um, of the, uh, of the other arteries. And so if your, if your average artery is the size of, let's say a, uh, a straw, the, the one going to the, the, the penile art the penile artery is the size of a coffee stirring straw. And so that one actually tends to kind of clog up uh, with all the the, the the suet and the grease and the oil and the cholesterol and all this stuff first and foremost. And so then all of a sudden you're you know you're 36, 37, 38, and all of a sudden you know you don't get as excitable as easy. And then before you know it you're in your 40s and now you've got to basically rely on a um, a little loop a little blue pill to um, to allow your your that artery. To dilate open and allow blood flow so there's a lot going on there that can be solved with with a little green leafies
0: you know i think the point is every part of your life can improve through changing your diet and um yeah you know maybe uh i think it's interesting because we're on this whole like men and men's myth you know masculinity myth Will you talk a little bit about your interest in documentary filmmaking and what you're doing, what this project is?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So um, one of the projects I'm working on right now, I'm one of the executive producers, uh, is it's a, it's actually the film is going to be called The Game Changers. And the subtitle is Men, Meet, and the World's Most Dangerous Myth. And that myth is essentially is that is that real men eat meat, and we're going to totally obliterate that myth, and we're going to show men and women around the globe that real men and real women, they eat plants, and they do it because this is the healthiest way to eat, it's the manliest way to eat, it's the most womanly way to eat, and it's also the the most holistic way to eat for not only yourself, but also for, for planet Earth. And the way we're going to obliterate this is we're going to go around the globe and we're going to basically, we're going to highlight some of the best, uh, Olympians, world-class athletes, world, world strong men, um, uh, 12 time tour of duty, Navy seal vets, uh, one of the best parkour, uh, athletes on the planet, scientists, clinicians. And we're going to show that all these people, all these men, have basically gotten to where gotten to be some of the best in the world by eating an exclusively whole food plant based diet, and I think it'll make most men's jaws hit the ground uh, and go, "Wow, I can't believe how absolutely duped and bamboozled I have been by all the propaganda that's been fed to me over the last, you know, basically 20, 30, 40 years that I need I need meat for protein, I need dairy for calcium." And the reality is, is that the mother source for all these things, calcium, vitamins, minerals, protein, you know, complex carbohydrates, healthy fat originates and comes from plants. Um, and I'm working on this project with some really amazing filmmakers. The, the director is a guy named Luis Sohoyas from your neck of the woods, who won the, the Oscar for The Cove. He also most recently did uh, an amazing documentary called Racing Extinction that just premiered on the Discovery Channel and Two hundred and twenty countries, December eighth of two thousand and fifteen so so Louis is going to be the director of this um, Mark Monroe is going to be basically uh, writing uh, writing the story and then uh, another one of the executive producers is none other than probably the most famous <clears throat> director uh, in Hollywood, James Cameron who 's done the Titanic and avatar and, and terminator and and those movies.
0: okay, how on earth did you connect with those guys? <laughs>
1: Well, you know what i mean it 's just uh, well, all these guys are plant based right they 're all plant based they have a they have a huge passion for this lifestyle, and they all truly believe that that this is the way we got to move the direction we have to move into as a civilization if we want planet Earth really to be around uh, the way we know it for you know our children and our children 's children for you know for James and for Louis this is the most pressing issue facing civilization is climate change and um, and and what are we going to do really as a as a world to mitigate and to greatly reduce our our um, our animal consumption but you know I basically hooked up with these great producers James Wilkes who's a former mixed martial artist fighter one of the best in the world and another guy I mean Joseph pace and they just had a huge passion around this film and in, and, in, and getting this out into the world. And it's amazing how, you know, when you're really truly passionate about something, how doors open, uh, opportunities present themselves and the dots connect. And that's how Louie came into the picture. You know, I had, I had, um, known James Cameron, um, from, um, from a prior opposites him, uh, going back about three or four years and, um, and asked him if he would like to consider being part of the project. And he was absolutely 100% excited to get on board.
0: You know, I think uh, documentary filmmaking is so intriguing. I know that, you know, you were actually, we didn't talk about the story of how Engine 2 actually started, but you were featured in a very well-known, prolific um, documentary called Forks Over Knives, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, that that came out in 2011. I think it was April of 2011, and um, that really moved the needle like no other documentary as far as getting, getting people to embrace eating a whole-food, plant-based diet. And In that documentary, it basically what Brian Wendell, the producer of that movie, did is he followed my father and my father's research at the Cleveland Clinic and, and what he was able to show by eating a whole-food, plant-based diet as a clinician— And then he also followed Colin Campbell, who, as a scientist at Cornell University, was able to show the same powerful effects of eating a plant-based diet. My father did it with with heart disease, and Colin Campbell was able to show it with with major cancer. And then off these two main kind of storylines, these two main threads, there's a lot of great ancillary success stories. They they show some some mixed martial artists that... Have been eating this way, doing phenomenally well. a Guy named uh, Mac Danzing. They visit me at the firehouse, and they they show how a fire station in Austin, Texas, is is eating all plant based. And uh, they just they hit a they hit a home run. They did a really great job. And uh, and you know our hope with um, with the game changers is that we can um, we can really move the needle as well, just like forks over Knives did.
0: I agree. And, you know, on the way while you're working on this great project, you're still moving many other things forward. So I want to come to one of your events. Give yes. a, tell us tell us how we can get involved.
1: Yes. Well, so we have got we've got five events this year. Um, let me make sure I'm right about that. Yeah, I am. So we've got uh, our first event because our, our, our first event actually just sold out. That's it, it's a week long um, engine to immersion in the mountains of Sedona, Arizona. And that's in May, but that's sold out. But our next event is going to be at our family farm. It's the farm that was highlighted in Forks Over Knives. And that is going to be August 20th and 21st. It's called Plant Stock. We affectionately call it Plant Stock because um, it's like 20 miles from where Woodstock happened in 1969. And my grandfather was actually the medical director of of Woodstock. But we also invite the the rock and roll uh, elite to plant stock and it's going to be amazing um and then in um in September we've got we hold these these uh, events we're calling them two forks events and it's a combination of amazing um world class lectures on why you want to eat plant based along with food demonstrations by some of the best sh- uh, culinary plant based chefs uh in the United States chef AJ chef Dell chef uh Darshana um, so we kind of show people the, we tell people the why, and then we try and show them how, um, and we'd have one in Pasadena, we have one in Dallas and we have one in Cleveland. And then we're also, we just, we just opened up another week long immersion in, uh, in October, uh, just because the demand, uh, is so heavy. And if anybody wants more information, you go to twoforksevents.com. And that's the number two, twoforksevents.com.
0: This is like, okay, we could keep talking. We've already run over a 5K. We're on 6K. No, when's go- the, actually, when's the last time you ran a 5K?
1: I'm trying to think. You know, the last time I ran, period. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. But um, I'm just thinking to myself. So one of my good friends named Steve Tarpinian, he was a triathlete. He, um, he committed suicide last, last March, I believe it was. And they helped, they held the Steve Tarpinian Memorial Triathlon in Long Island, um, last July. And I had not gotten on a bike. I had not done a triathlon since 2011, uh, where I, where I saw your, your husband, Tim <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the Xterra, uh, world championships on the Island of of Maui. And Oh my God, that was a hard one. But, um, I hadn't raced since then. And I did a 10 K this Steve Tarpini Memorial triathlon, you know, it was a 1.5 K swim and then a 40 K bike, and then a 10 K run. I had not run in, I don't know, It was probably years. And my only goal on the run was not to walk. And it took me 59 minutes. I broke an hour. But it took me 59 minutes and it was one of the most excruciatingly painful uh, hours of my life. And I just, so yeah, I didn't, it was a 10K, it wasn't a 5K.
0: (laughs) And you know, um, for those of you listening, Rip probably was running, you know, 35 minutes or less for his 5Ks when he was a pro. So yeah, that's a little, that's a little painful, but um, he's still under the uh, national average for 10K time. So there you mm -hmm. go
1: yeah well you know what you you bring this up so i was listen you know my forte was the swimming and then and then i was i was also i would say a very a very good cyclist and I was not a bad runner, but the challenge for me, nicole was always running well off the bike okay and my but my best run ever i at the um at the Tampa bay international triathlon i think it was like nineteen ninety five I ran a thirty three forty 33, 40, 10K. That's, that was my best 10K in a triathlon ever.
0: And I love that you still remember that. <laughs> oh, I
1: can. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't believe I got under 34. And I remember I, Wes Hobson and I uh, ran neck and neck for like the first four and a half, five miles. And then he he, he got me. But, uh, you know, it was really helpful for me to just basically be um, be pacing and pushing and getting energy off, you know. Wes is, um, grunts and pants and, and he was struggling pretty, pretty hard too.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know, Wes is going on to do cool things too. He sold us our last house. So there oh, you go. <laughs> yeah. It's all coming full circle. Okay. So, so, um, you know, I have one, one or two last little questions for you. Hey,
1: you, listen, I, I'm having a blast. You just love keep it. firing away.
0: Um, so, okay. So say people are like, I want to do this engine two thing. I'm totally fired up. But it's really intimidating or I don't have the time yet or I can't get my whole family involved. So what's the one thing, one most important thing, if they can choose one thing to change in their eating, what is that thing?
1: I think that's pretty easy. I would tell them stop all dairy products immediately. All dairy, right? Milk, cream, cheese, yogurt, ice cream, all the all the, all the dairy, right? It's just... Um, it has the same nutritional composition as as meat. That's why I, like, I refer to milk as liquid meat, refer to uh, yogurt as runny meat. Ew. I know it's nasty, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Sounds so gross. You no half and half. I mean, hey, for big coffee drinkers like me, this is a big change. So I think, but I think it's a realistic thing to ask. And I can actually say that when I went off dairy, it took a few months, but I've kind of been known as the girl who's, Got a lot of mucus. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm always spitting on every run I do, you know, and I haven't noticed it. It's yeah. gone away.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, dairy is very kind of mucus producing. And um, listen, we're, we're the only mammals that drink another mammals' milk. It just, it just it doesn't make sense. Uh, very intuitively, you know, I would ask your listeners, does it make sense? I mean, we've become so habituated. That we don't really think anything strange about us drinking cow's milk, or you know, taking that cow's milk and making it into yogurt or cheese or any of these other different kind of iterations. But the reality is, is that in inside these dairy products, you've got growth accelerants that basically, you know, that's what that's what casein is. Casein, which is that the main protein in in dairy, it's put there by the mother cow to basically it's a growth initiator, right? And when we, when we consume it, you know, it also, uh, initiates, uh, the growth of everything, including tumors and cancers. And you look, um, like around the globe in, in populations that are eating a predominantly plant-based diet. And when do women start to, to menstruate? You know, typically it's, you know, what, the 12, 13, 14 in America. I mean, gosh, it's like eight or nine. Right. And, um, I, I think a lot of these things are attributable to uh, america's insatiable dairy consumption so stop the dairy it's not doing you any good whatsoever
0: hey and i did see that ben and jerry's just came out with non-dairy ice cream <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's other bad things in it but when it well, is bad-
1: <laughs> you know what i think i think I, th- I mean i'm glad you pointed that out and i think it's just an indicator that this is a it's a mega trend and i think that you know People are waking up. They're realizing that um, that there's something to this, uh, to eating a whole food, plant based diet. There's something to this as far as you know, um, wanting to be a good steward of the planet and and, and having and leaving a lighter footprint, a, a, a lighter carbon footprint. You know, I think it was uh, a couple weeks ago in Rolling Stone magazine. The, on the cover was Leonardo DiCaprio before he won the Oscar, and in it he talks about how. You know, the, the the single the single most important thing issue in his life in his life right now is climate change. And he says every man, woman and child should be waking up and wondering what what can they do to lighten their carbon footprint? And uh, he's also he was a honorary executive producer for Cowspiracy. And if, if anybody of your listeners haven't seen Cowspiracy, highly recommend you see it.
0: Now we got to add movie. This is pretty cool. I love all this new education inspiration. It's, it's a whole new world. And like you said, there's a true movement. And the more you tap into it, you, the more powerful, influential people and educated people you see are moving down this route.
1: Yes, yes. And, and if people, and I find that it's really interesting because you find that, that some people, like now that you have kind of, let's just say you've drank the Kool-Aid, right? And you, you get it and you've experienced the benefits you're on board you'll be amazed though how many of your friends family coworkers are resistant to it or people that you never in your wildest dreams thought would be interested are curious so what i've discovered is you just you can't you just don't know you don't know how people react to this because food is probably the most personal and the most intimate relationship that we have with anything in this world it's with food amazing Yeah,
0: I agree. And uh, and our bodies, which food is the number one thing that drives (laughs) our bodies.
1: (laughs) That's our fuel. Food is our fuel.
0: All right. One last question that I'm just asking everyone because it's the name of this podcast. So if you can give people one nugget of advice that will help them run their worlds in a more positive and productive way, what would that be?
1: Well, I would have to say that to tell people that... My action item for people is to go plant strong, right? If you want to be fueled by positivity, then it really starts with what are you, what are you fueling yourself with? And uh, if you're fueling yourself with, um, you know, <laughs> dead animals and, you know, uh, animal byproducts and process refined, you know, garbage fuel, then that's not, that's not very positive, on a lot of levels and it's you're basically not telling yourself that you truly love yourself whereas when you start fueling yourself with fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and and all these wonderful delectable miraculous plant-strong foods not only are you kinda gonna feel fantastic but you're also at a very subliminal level you're telling yourself you know what I care about myself and by by telling yourself that you care about yourself, you're telling yourself that you love yourself and you're worth You're worth it and you deserve this.
0: So we should all love ourselves. I'm thinking of that old Kelgon take me away commercial. <laughs> I love me. Um, but I agree with you. And uh, I think it's time to wrap. I think, you know, I want to just say I so respect what you're doing in this world and that you are driven by such an important passion and uh and it's really clear and obvious how much you care and i know you're surrounded by positivity and incredible success stories and i'm going to continue on uh drinking the kool-aid and um you know hopefully other people will get on board
1: yes yes i mean people i find people people get on board when uh, when the time is right for them and um but it's never too soon. (laughs) (laughs) That's true.
0: Well, um, Rip, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait for you to come back to Boulder sometime and we'll put you up again in our little basement cave.
1: I, listen, I slept like, uh, a two-year-old baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which you have at what age?
1: (laughs) I did. I slept like a two-year-old baby. That place was just like a total den of darkness and I loved it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show and I appreciate you being one of my first guests ever. We're going to look back on this one and laugh.
1: Uh, hey, invite me back again when uh, when my next book comes out.
0: Oh, absolutely. We will. We'll let everybody know about it.
1: Awesome. Thanks. All right.
0: Have a great day.
1: Bye.
0: All right. All right. What a cool interview. How fun. We went way over 5K. I hope you were doing a long run today. Um. You know, if you're curious about how your body will respond to something like the Engine 2 Challenge, my advice is just give it a try. I mean, what's really, what's it really going to hurt? Uh, I encouraged my parents. My mom wanted to make some changes. They just did the 28-day challenge. They've been meat eaters almost every day of their lives. And my mom said her energy is better than she can remember it the past few decades, and she's 70 So in other words, it is not impossible to try something new, no matter where you are in your life. And it's a totally doable challenge by anyone with a little bit of planning. So I hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you did, please share it with a friend, comment on my website, NicoleDeBoom.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Sign up for my newsletter. Um you can also follow the show on skirt sports skirtsports.com and uh just keep your eyes and ears open. Every week I am going to introduce new guests who are doing amazing things in this world and I definitely want to hear your thoughts, feedback and any suggestions you have for future guests. All right, so there it is and you know what time it is now. It is time to run your world in ways bigger and better than you ever thought possible. So get out and get after
1: it.